The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Accessing. State of search. Live from Europe. Welcome to the home of the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Welcome to the state of search. Our hosts scope the entire search marketing space from Berlin to Bucharest, London to Lisbon, the Silicon Valley and beyond. Search marketers from around the world discuss the latest headlines and issues in search engine marketing, social media, and more. WebmasterRadio.fm presents State of Search with your hosts, Boss Bondenbeld and Roy Hoiskies. Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of the State of Search uh, radio show on Webmaster Radio. Always uh, fun to be here and um, I'm joined today again by my regular co-host, of course, Roy Huskis. Hey, Roy. Hey, boss. How are you doing? Oh, well, drinking Irish <laughs> coffee to kill the germs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe well, that helps. Yeah, it's, it kind of goes around uh, in Holland at the moment, uh, people being sick. And uh, I've got three people in my house being sick, so I, uh, I, I kind of know how, how things... Uh, well, I don't know how it feels right now, because I'm perfectly healthy, but it's uh, it's kind of a, well, a bugger, to, to say the least. So uh, uh, I hope uh, it doesn't keep you in, in bed that much. Well, tomorrow I went out of bed pretty late, and yesterday I was in bed pretty early, so we'll see. Tonight's not going to be a long, long night for me, I guess. No, early bat and uh, early rise tomorrow maybe, and uh, hopefully you get better, better soon. Um, so we're going to have a, a great and very exciting show today. Uh, a bit later on in the show, after the first break, we'll be talking to Danny Sullivan. Um, he has had a pretty busy week. Uh, I think we've all been looking at what went on uh, at the uh, debate between Bing and Google. Uh, we talked about that last week on the show where... Um, the story just broke that day, actually, that um, uh, Google accused Bing of copying their results, which, of course, is a pretty big accusation. And then when uh, the time went on, there was different. There were different stories about uh, whether or not Bing was indeed copying or um, maybe they were just looking at the data which they got from the Internet Explorer. Have you been following uh, a bit what's been said, Roy? Mm, no, of course I have. <laughs> but well, let's talk about other news first, because yeah. I think we, we have pretty extensive coverage on that. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, in a minute too. And uh, indeed, you're you're completely right. Um, well, uh, what have what have you been uh, been up to today? Um, well, laying in bed most of the day. <laughs> most of the day. <laughs> I've been I've been looking at uh, um, myself. I've been looking at a um, a contest which has been going on uh, since last week on the top rank online marketing blog from Lee Auden, and um, this is a uh, contest uh, to find out which is the one of the which is the pop- most popular or at least a few of the most popular UK online marketing blogs. And um, what Lee has done is put up a list with 35 people 
uh, people, uh, blogs, of course, uh, including ours, uh, actually, uh, including State of Search, so we're excited about that. Uh, we're currently number seven on the list when it comes to voting, uh, but there were two things which, which kind of were interesting what was going on there. Is uh, first that there are that many good uh, UK blogs about online marketing, and most, most of them actually are about search. What does that say about the European market? Because Germans also have a lot of blogs. Yeah, but the they are they are in German. They're in German, yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to be on an English blog post list. Actually, no one from England probably ever going to read that because it's German, and only Germans tend to read German, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. No, but that's not what I'm. I'm not saying that uh, everybody in the world should be reading the German blogs. But I think it is. Well, it's a good thing that there are that many blogs in different countries covering uh, the industry and covering what's going on. Uh, it, it shows that search is working in Europe. I don't get where you. I don't get where you're going at. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, what, what are you I'm trying saying, to say? Everybody well, should learn to... German to read German blogs, or <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying everybody should read German. It, I'm, what I'm saying is that um, uh, it kind of surprised me that there were that many good blogs. I've, I've been looking around on on the internet because I, I figured, okay, if you can put up 35 UK blogs, which is nice, you can also maybe put up 35 German blogs for the Germans, and you can also put up 35. Um, I don't know, French or Spanish blogs. Uh, French will probably be a little dif more difficult, but um, I know the Spanish... No, I, I, think it's not, it, I don't think it's going to be more difficult. It's just a language you don't you and I don't read as well as we do German or English. No, that's true. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I like the fact that there are so many people out there blogging about search, even if it's in their own language. We don't have to read all of them, but uh, the fact that there are that many shows that uh, at least the industry is doing well in Europe. I would say. Okay, but who said it didn't? Oh, it's nobody. <laughs> it's just okay, something. Okay. I so I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering where this is all going at. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, we're not. I'm, I'm, uh, the reason why I'm I'm looking into this is because I figured, well, uh, since we're uh, a blog based in Europe, why not um, make a list of all the European blogs, even though they're in different languages? I don't know if it's useful, useful or not. It's probably only useful for those within the country, or, or at least within the language. Um, but th that's why I found out that there are that many blogs. It's really if, if you want to make that list, I have a pretty extensive Dutch list on my blog, which is completely in Dutch. <laughs> so nobody cares <laughs> except for some Dutch people. But I mean, Put a this is Google Translate behind it. Yeah, and then and then some like like Google <laughs> Translate works in Dutch. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, maybe they can try and make it a good SERP, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think I think Richard says something pretty pretty cool because in the old days, um, writing a blog post. These are all my favorite blogs. Were kind of interesting, and a lot of people are now using Twitter for that. I mean, you're even using Twitter for that. Your your Flipboard is your RSS reader right now for ninety percent of the time, isn't it? Based well, on Twitter. One of them. Yeah. Well, not not only based on Twitter. No, it's also based on on RSS feeds. So. But yes, it's a, a Twitter is a lot. Yeah, Twitter gives us a lot of uh, lists, so to speak, for for websites and blogs. You can find a lot of blogs through Twitter. That's true. The the problem is that I don't want to. I mean, I can create huge amounts of lists with huge huge amounts of information in there, but nobody's going to read that crap. 
I mean, it's it's just too much. Somebody needs to filter it out and recommend a specific article on a specific blog. I mean, and you are one of the guys probably doing that for a lot of people already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, 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 one of the reasons why I started also looking at it was because I, yesterday I was talking to this journalist who was looking at all sorts of Facebook stuff and we were talking about it and, and then he asked, so how do you keep up with everything which is going on? Because he just started out looking at the web and he said, well, I, I got lost within 10 minutes, so I showed him my RSS reader. And he was kind of a flabbergasted. Yeah, then he killed himself neurotically in front of a train or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. <laughs> I tend to have a lot. I tend to read a lot of RSS as well. But I know you probably beat me by the factor two or three, I guess. Yeah, so. it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Show, 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 show our penis sizes then. How many blogs you follow? Uh, log into your Google Reader. Like, oh my God. I mean, if uh, we're comparing penis size, we should definitely do that, honest and open. Okay, let's go home. Let's see. There is something a trend. How can you see all the n- the number of all the blocks you? Yeah, follow? go to trends. Um, go to the Google Reader. Go to Home Trends, and then listen to there. From your 551 subscriptions over the last days, you've read 9,085 articles items. You clicked on three. My click through rate stinks. <laughs> I start 19 and I share two items. Hmm, this doesn't sound very social to me. And I emailed zero items. Since 2005, I've already read 112,000 articles. I can't find it. What is it? Trends on the left side in your navigation. Home, all items, start items, your stuff, and trends. That's it. What I'm seeing is all items, people you follow, explore, and subscriptions. Oh, I've got the trends in there as well. <laughs> I guess they don't like my trends. <laughs> no, you probably, you probably have a sucky account. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Seriously, aren't you seeing trends? Maybe you should go to reader settings or something like that. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll look it up, but um, I can't find it right now. So. Nah, but I, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bastard. <laughs> Let me see. Manage subscriptions. Yeah, go to manage subscriptions. You can see it over there. Okay. Uh, rips. The thing is, uh, what you just said about. Um, Okay, manage subscriptions, then what? Preferences? Select all. How many subscriptions? 220. 20, that's no? it? No, that's not it. No, 776. Oh, well, that's not two times. I got 551 subscriptions in there. Right. Okay, that's show okay. of penis is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting, at least, right? At least I use mine, huh? <laughs> now, okay, but I agree. I mean, you read a lot, lot of, a lot of blog posts, and and I do. For at least a lot of people think I read a lot, and I know uh, Edward, for instance, reads a lot of blog posts as well. And, and I think Yo's completely dropped his RSS for for ninety percent of the time, and he uses Twitter for it. Uh, the chat room is well also saying, well, we 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 like to use Twitter for it as well. And I think um, the discussion we had before. I mean, if you write a blog post, it's it's really fun to see comments coming in. And what you see over the last last well two years, uh, I don't see that much much comments coming anymore. I see a lot of the conversation shifting to Twitter. Yeah, and true. I think that's that's a pity because a lot of people don't see what what is what what is the conversation. How how can we track it? And, and that's, that's where Facebook think, is going to come in with its with its commenting system. Yeah, but the discuss does that does it also. I mean, it's not Facebook doing it. I mean, that's not. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, it's that's a different discussion. Uh, We're going to go... What's that? No, me neither. It's a different discussion. Uh, let's go to a break. And then uh, after break, we got uh, the interview with uh, Danny Sullivan about what went on last week uh, with uh, all the stuff about Google and Bing. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned uh, until after the break. State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. So when I first started listening to Webmaster Radio, uh, what I listened to was the Daily Searchcast. And right now joining us is the person who made that Daily Searchcast. And I'm very, 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 very honored to have him on the show, uh, Mr. Danny Sullivan. Hi, Danny. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for uh, for joining us. And uh, well, we're going to talk about something which uh, you've probably been talking about the entire past week with all sorts of different people. What kind of week have you had after you made the uh, the posts in which you uh, well kind of uh, announced that uh, Google uh, found out that Bing might have been cheating or at least copying their search results, as they said? What kind of week have you had? Uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, the, the, there was a, a lot of work just to get the initial story done and written. Um, and then, of course, there was um, uh, responding to a lot of the replies and questions that people had about it. Um, there were some press calls that came in. And um, 
you know, to be honest, I was also in the middle of traveling all that week. Every day I was in a different city when it came out. I, I was at the actual Bing event that happened on Tuesday, uh, and then I had another event both on Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, by the time I got back on Friday, I was doing the, the Bing rebuttal um, and their response to what Google was alleging. Mm. So this has been kind of like my first quiet day in some ways. <laughs> so did they uh, open you with uh, welcome you with open arms at the uh, at Bing or was it a bit they, difficult? Uh, no, they were nice. They you know they they kind of had a oh you know Google they they kind of pulled something on and you you know they got you to to write about it or whatever. But you know they weren't mean about it at all. And in fact, they I think well understood that Google had you know put this story in front of me uh that it was a good story that they they themselves knew that they had chosen not to respond ahead of it they you know they i had contacted them on monday morning and i said you know google is saying this stuff and you know here's what i understand and let's talk about it and by the afternoon they came back and said we just want to give you a statement and we want to talk about it more tomorrow after our event and uh, I and I got that as an email. I got an email statement. So I actually picked up the phone and called them, and I said, "Really? <laughs> you yeah. don't want to? You don't want to talk about this more?" And they're like, "No, no, we'll we'll just talk about it tomorrow." So you know, they assessed it. I mean, they they know that they were getting data from Google as well as from other sites from across the web, and I think they made their decision that the best way to respond to it was just to wait until afterward. So um, you know, they that that's where it was, and and it wasn't an issue at all and in fact you know if you if you go back and watch this um conversation that Matt has with um Harry from Bing it was funny cuz in the middle of their event Harry kept calling out to me and and talking about some of the articles I've written on relevancy um which you know really wasn't something I got the impression he was doing cuz he was angry with me <laughs> um they um you know, and talk with me afterwards, and I continued to talk with them through the whole week to the follow-up article that I did. So, I I didn't see that they didn't they didn't really agree with um, you know the ending part where I said I had some sympathy for some of what Google was saying, um, mm -hmm. but they indicated to me that they thought I had done a a pretty balanced job of reporting based on the information I had. So, hmm. is is this the kind of uh, story? you were hoping for for the last couple of years not maybe not the content wise but the kind of story which is makes it that big actually because it was all over the news everywhere um i would love other stories that i've written that i think are far more important to have gotten that kind of attention um but yeah it's nice to have a big story i i, I guess i i wouldn't say this is sort of the, the the story i was constantly hoping for i mean if you if you write you you like having good stories and you like to be able to help people understand things um in this case it was obviously going to be a, a big story that a lot of people were going to pay attention to um but it probably wouldn't have been the thing i had said aha this is this is what i'm hoping will we'll get attention for over time but I mean, it was a great. It's just a great story from the whole Hollywood-esque spy aspect to it. This setting up, <laughs> yeah. you know, hunting so, hot sites and everything else. Yeah. What What I understand is that you were uh, at the Google offices and you were talking to uh, Matt Cutts and I think Amit Singhal. That's right. Um, yeah, and you. Uh, they told you what they found out. What, what were right. your first thoughts? Well, and, and to give a little bit of background, because 
you know, people have been looking at the timing, and I, I wrote one thing to say that I think the timing is almost uh, beside the point. You know, they've been, well, Google just concocted this and put it out there in front of Danny so he'd write on it in time, you know, right before their event. I got contacted from them in the middle of January, I think it was January 12th, after we had a column that was writing about how Google's results and Bing's results were not that different. And this was a series of articles that people have been writing about whether or not Google's results were getting worse or not. So they called me up to talk a little bit about the article and to say, hey, can you come in? We want to talk to you some about some additional things that we'd actually like to show you. So I said, sure, and you know, looked at my calendar to see when I had the next time. And that was that week that I went in. Um, so you know, as I wrote my article, I, I could have gone in, you know, if, if I had lived near Google, I don't. I live in Southern California, so, you know, I, and I can't just drive in for it. I've got to actually take a flight up. It's a short flight, but still, it's not something you just you know, immediately head up to. So, and nor did I think it was that pressing, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, let's get together sometime. So, if I had gone up, you know, the next day, this article might have come out two weeks ahead of time. And it it, it still would have perhaps done the, the job that some people feel Google wanted it to do, which was to kind of mess up the Google event or whatever. But to me, the timing was more coincidental than to that event than anything else. They, mm -hmm. they definitely wanted to be able to talk about this at the event. My understanding was that they were going to talk about it at the event but it wasn't like you know they said oh call them up on thursday get them here on friday that way it'll happen for the big event on tuesday or something mm. as, as for my reaction to it it was like wow you know i i i was like wow and in fact i can remember kind of smiling and thinking how clever <laughs> and, you know that that what a smart way this is if you're trying to understand how to improve your search results to look at what's going on at google it, yeah. it was very, very clever. And then as I understood how primarily the spelling correction issues were, you know, that's where I kind of thought, hmm, I don't know if this is quite right. Is if, if Bing is, you know, just going in there and sort of mining Google's data, um, you know, it, 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 is that fair? You know, is it, is it a level playing field or whatever? And at the time, the, the indication, the suggestion was that they were really just doing this off of Google, not that they were looking at a broader signal. Okay. But it, it does distract a little bit from the whole content farm issue. So in, in that case, it was, I think it was kind of relevant for Google to put oh, it out. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I, you know, I, there were, so there's been di different things that have been going on, um, you know, as people have looked at it. It's like, well, first of all, they did it just to mess up the Bing event. And so what I've said is, oh, they wanted to talk about it at the Bing event. And they, they knew, I think, by the time they got invited to this Bing event that this was something that they were going to want to raise there. Um, but whether they wanted it to come out literally the day of the event or, you know, if that was part of their plan, they didn't have control over that, right? I could have gone up two weeks beforehand. You know, potentially if I got up two weeks beforehand, they might have said, hey, don't talk about it for two weeks. And, and that would have been really suspicious to me. I would have been like, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. hold this great story for two weeks just because you want to time it perfectly with you know, the big event or whatever. There's the other issue of, well, they just did all this to, to focus the attention away from the content bars and what's going on with their search results. And, and I agree, you know, the end effect is that it's done that, although the other effect has been that it's refocused some people to say, no, they've just been doing it that way, so we're going to take a harder look. But for them to to do that if you really want to get into the timing and start spinning up the conspiracies and everything. The latest wave of Google search results suck was kicked off by the TechCrunch article that came out on January 1st, right? Yeah. So 
Google must be really an incredibly smart company to have run a test and set up all these honeypots in the middle of December before that article even appeared. Right? They set all this they, they set all this stuff up in, in December so they'd actually have some results so that they were ready that in the case that the TechCrunch article kicked off multiple articles and got all this attention going again, they would be ready to come back and get everybody distracted from it. And that's an incredibly uh, foresighted company on the one hand, or you just have a lot of coincidental things coming together. You know, so, people so, are going to believe whatever they want, but mm. you know. And then on top of that, they they had to you know decide back in the middle of last year that they were seeing some weird things going on with Google. So, I I don't dispute the fact that it's 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 serving to be a distraction, and that they may have been thinking about this is a a reason why we should go at it. I think the fundamental reason why they came out is because you had engineers at Google who were really really upset that they felt like work they had done and they had done really hard work on was simply being borrowed by Bing and that they weren't getting credit and that nobody realized what was happening. And on top of that, people people were saying how Bing is caught up with Google and their view is, well, it's caught up with us because it's basically mining all of our data. <laughs> you know, and, and it was picking it up again. And I think, if anything, I think that kind of pushed them over the edge of, all right, you know, enough. We're going to go out there and, and show the world our evidence. If you look at the story in retrospect, um, retrospect, sorry, uh, do you feel that Google's been right or wrong? I think that they still have a case in some very specific instances that when you start talking about the spelling correction issues where they have gotten a spelling correction and Bing manages to get the right results for a misspelling because of this user data that they're gathering, that they're really just getting it from Google. They can mix yeah. all the signals up but together, but they're getting it, it from there. Google. And, they want, and they'll argue, you know, Bing will argue, well, you know, it's, we're not copying it from Google. It's just we're getting it. We're following the user behavior. And here's where that breaks down in my view. The user, when they did a search for a misspelled word, did not exert a behavior of actually changing the word to something else. Google did that. Google, through all their, you know, search science or whatever, Google is the one that actually said, oh, user, you searched for this. I'm going to change it to this other word so that you can actually get the right results. User behavior did none of that. All the user behavior did was report that back to Bing. Now, on the flip side, you have the, the, the aggregate data. You remember one of the things that Google talked about was they also felt like the number one results on Bing were getting closer to the number one results on, on Google. In aggregate, what's happening there is Google is presenting a list of 10 results, right? You know, I think it's a, a, a different case where you have um, these 10 results that Google is presenting in front of users, and the users are actually deciding between 10 different results to see if they agree or not with Google and its number one selection. And that, in turn, that kind of behavior is sort of crowdsourcing and, and flows back over to Bing. You know, plus I've had time now to talk with Bing more, and Bing has suggested that, you know what, we're... We're looking at search behavior from across the web, and you know it's not just coming from Google, even though you know Google gets a lot of searches and might be a strong signal in some cases. So, um, you know, there, there's reason to see how both are concerned, uh, and you know, both viewpoint. The other difficulty, I think, as I wrote in my follow-up article, is that it, it, 
because they're taking stuff from across the web, it's difficult to even understand how they would get rid of a Google signal, right? Are we going to block anybody who's running Google's search using AdSense on their own personal blog? And if a user goes there and does a search, does that not get counted? So those are some of the, the challenges, I think, that, that get, get com- combined in all this. Yeah. Um, do you feel that uh, because you uh, have a good relationship with Matt Cutts that people might look at your story differently? Um, I don't know. You know, I saw one person who said, oh, why was Matt Cutts there in the first place? Was that to convince you to write the story? And I was like, um, well, if Bing wanted to come to me with a story about how they set up a trap for Google, I'd probably write that as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a great story. I didn't need a whole lot of convincing on it, right? <laughs> No, <laughs> I've never seen Google make that kind of an accusation. Towards, um, I've just never seen Google make that kind of an accusation towards a company not like this. Um, what I have seen is not because of me knowing Matt. I've just seen people say, you know, oh, you know, you just love Google, or oh, you didn't give Bing a chance to talk, or oh, this is you know unbiased. I haven't seen. I think most of what I've read, or most of the comments I've seen, have actually been, you know, positive. That people seem to feel like I did a good job trying to give some balance, that there was a good story to report there, um, that it made sense. But yeah, I've had a few people who have said, no, we think you just didn't do it well or whatever. And I don't really have much more to say about that. I, I thought I did do a good job. But, you know, that's going to be obviously be my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, I would run the story if I would get it. Either way, if it's from Bing or Google, it's uh, that's for sure. Um, you also wrote uh, two days ago about uh, the Google toolbar and, the, and disclosure uh, um, claims. Uh, can you fill us in on that a little bit about what uh, what that has to do with the original story? Well, one of the things that um, you know, Google's not happy about the how the data is being gathered, and one of the things that they suggested in the meeting was that, by the way, you know, we don't even know that Microsoft cl- makes this clear. Like when you sign up for the Bing bar or when you decide that you're going to use suggested sites, nothing tells you that this data will be used to improve the search results on Google, right? Microsoft just says they'll use stuff for their own purposes to improve products and services and so on. And so, you know, Google's contention is, you know, it ought to say, by the way, when you sign up on this, we're going to take your searches on Google and improve Bing. Like it ought to be that explicit. So... I looked into the disclosures as part of my original article, and I didn't see anything wrong. They didn't explicitly say they might use the data to improve from Google to improve Bing, but they had enough wording in there that, that certainly covered that kind of usage if they wanted to do it. So you know, that was kind of asked and answered to me. Um, then, of course, at the panel, Matt got very into this where he was saying, you know, again, I just don't think the average person knows what's going on. I don't think your disclosures are clear. And in fact, they had an interchange with Harry from Bing who was saying, well, you know, you guys do the same thing. It's not like you reveal all this stuff that you might do with the toolbar, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Matt went back and said, no, no, we have a big red warning. You know, it's not the usual yada, yada. We tell people you got to pay attention to this. So then Matt again on Thursday kind of hammered home this point that, you know, he did not feel like. Uh, Bing was being clear enough, and he did what I said, what I kind of called the mom test, which he felt like it showed the disclaimers that Bing provides out there that you know his mother might not understand that that information being used to uh, mm. to help Bing's results. Is, so isn't that a problem? I, at that point, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, isn't well, that a problem say, which <laughs> goes? <laughs> sorry. You, you, no, no, you go ahead. I assist. <laughs> 
isn't isn't that an issue which is not just google or or bing but the entire web who reads that kind of stuff well exactly and that's exactly what what bing said to matt on the panel is exactly what harry said he's like nobody reads that stuff anyway and we all have these these broad terms so we're not doing anything wrong and you know and you're kind of implying that we are doing something sneaky by how we're making use of this because we don't list everything so i went back to the google toolbar and to, to revisit it and, you know, discover things like, no, it doesn't have that big red, not the usual yada yada warning that Matt was talking about. It did at one point, but it doesn't any longer. And that, in fact, you know, it doesn't seem to do disclosure anything better than Microsoft is doing. That when you install it, it doesn't say things like, by the way, the Google toolbar will be monitoring what pages you go to in order to measure the speed that those pages load so that we mm -hmm. can then use that to um, influence how well a page may rank in Google web search, which is something that, that ha indeed happens off the toolbar and that Google has said happens. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like Google was listing all the possible things they might do with toolbar data any more than Microsoft was. And that was basically how I did it. I just didn't see them claiming any higher ground on it. And I think that issue ought to go away. I think Google should just leave that alone. It's not going to be it, – it's one of the weakest of their arguments in all of this yeah. to me. It kind of, kind of feels like whining to me. Yeah, it's it's pointing at the kid with the bad apples and and not having the bad apple yourself. But if you if you look at the role of relevance discussion, I mean, who knows what is what is the most relevant website? I mean, nobody knows, is it? I mean, no, we don't. I mean, relevancy is going to be subjective depending on who's doing a search and, in fact, where they're perhaps even doing it from. Yeah, which is part of which is part of what the whole you know issue was supposed to be. You know, one of the things that was potentially going to be discussed at this panel was, you know, getting into relevancy and how do you get to improve search results. Uh, because I can imagine that user behavior is, is, is changing by the use of, uh, for instance, Google. I mean, uh, a lot of people are, if you, if you look at the way people handle AdWords instead of organic search, AdWords is more, well, um, action-driven, so to say. So there is, there is a behavior change by the, the, the options you get uh, by default. So I think it, it's really natural for Bing to copy a little bit of that. I mean, everybody's looking at Amazon for doing e-commerce and, and trying to figure out a way for them to use it in a smart way. So I think it, it is valuable, valuable to look at um, the, the behavior of things and, and, and to look at the relevance and why it is relevant. But bluntly copying this, the grammar is, 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 I agree, is kind of blunt. But shouldn't there be something like Alexa or Compete um, trying to figure out an algorithmic, well, KPI or something like that to, to, to keep a relevance index in search engines. Shouldn't that we, be a we, 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 we desperately could use a relevancy figure. It's something I wrote about like in 2003 that because we don't have an actual figure that we can chart and point at, we instead find people use proxies. They do ego searches, and if their own stuff shows up, the search engine is great, and if it doesn't, then it must suck. <laughs> but but that's, a, that's a typical test that goes on and on and on. Agreed. They rely on anecdotal data, which is what's going on with the content farm stuff right now. We don't know that content farms have caused the search results to get any better or worse. Nobody's, nobody can document that. Nobody. Oh, there, are we, there are answers now for questions we never asked before, so there's content now. Is, yeah, is but, it relevant or not? We don't well, know. Right, but that's exactly it. It's like you know, we, we, if we weren't even asking the questions before, 
how are we saying that if a content farm comes up with actually pervading, you know, providing that kind of content, that the relevancy got worse? Because what were you measuring it off of? But even I think more important is what's happened is I think people have gained brand awareness of certain content sites that they have done these kinds of Q and A searches and they're starting to recognize that everything I do, I run into an e how. Or I run into uh, you know answers.com, or I run into a cha-cha, and that they're associating brands, these particular brands, sometimes with low-quality experiences. But mm -hmm. if you had done these searches before those things appeared, you probably still got low-quality information. It's not like the best information seemed to be rising up. I think you were just still getting junk. It's just you didn't recognize that there was one particular brand that was perhaps pushing the junk out more, right? You know, these these are now businesses that are designed to answer all these niche areas. So, uh, but but that's the thing. It's because we don't have that relevancy figure, we we rely on the anecdotal information. But the the challenge is to really understand if something's relevant or not. You you need to have human reviewers that are involved. And you need to very carefully define what you're talking about. Like, do we consider the search results when you do a search only to be the 10 organic listings? Or do we take in the entire page as, as part of it? And if there's personalized search results that Google provides, do you consider those? Or do you go for the sort of, quote, pure search results that are unpersonalized? Which may make no sense because the point of having personalized search results is to actually give you a better search experience, right? So that's Agreed. some of the challenges that, that go into all this. There's one thing which uh, is also interesting coming out of your story, Danny, is the fact that um, Google is, in fact, capable of actually manually changing the algor algorithm and manually putting in sites and stuff like that. Which they've denied until now. Yes, uh, they were very clear that they didn't have that capability and that, in fact, they had to go through and create that capability specifically for this test. Yeah. And um, that they were planning on taking it all out. And, uh -huh. and, and, and even more so, they said that that capability was only rigged to work for these 100 queries and only if those 100 queries stayed below a certain kind of search threshold and that as soon as you know they gained any kind of popularity uh, it was sort of self-destruct like a smoking tape in Mission Impossible which seems to have been the case you know I mean certainly if you try to run some of these queries on Google now you don't see the honeypot sites anymore um, so but you know they that that's one of those risks that they you know knew they were gonna take that the minute they put it in there you're gonna have some people who are gonna say ah you always had that capability. You're going to have other people who are going to say you didn't take it down. And, I, you know, it, it, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, sir. Okay. I, I agree on that part. I mean, it, that's the whole black hat community was, was in an uproar because, oh, now they've really finally convinced that they are able to manually edit sites in, in top tens and stuff like that. I was like, hmm. okay, first of all, I'm, I'm pretty sure they still have that and always had that. But, they tend not to use that. I mean, it should probably there is an option. Somebody can do that, but I don't. I don't think it's it's happening a lot. I mean, I, I you know. know people will debate where they're at. I don't think they've had that in the past because there have been plenty of times when they could have used it and they they didn't. Sometimes they didn't use it if they had that capability in incredibly stupid situations. One of the best examples was when you were trying to find the WikiLeaks site about uh, in December. And, you know, it got shut down and it moved. And for a week, they kept pointing to the wrong site, the site that was broken. 
Mm-hmm. Bing pointed to the right site because Bing actually went in there and did a manual change, as Bing will tell you. Of course, nobody starts screaming, well, Bing did a manual change. Oh, my goodness. You know, even though they admitted that they did it. But if but the point was that, you know, Bing had the right answer and Google didn't. And if Google could just manually change things like that, why didn't they do it? You know, why sit there? Unless it's part of the Uber plan of we need to prove that we don't have this secret ability (laughs) that we really do have. And therefore, we'll pick certain instances where we will not use it. And we will only use it in cases where we think nobody will ever notice. And then what those cases are, I don't know, right? I mean, are you going to use your special secret ability only on tiny things that nobody would notice that are going to be really small cases that probably aren't going to benefit you anyway? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But, you know, Google's view is that you shouldn't touch those search results, and that's what they've gone on all the time. My view is I don't think it's necessarily bad if you touch the search results, and in some cases you really should do it. So, you know, that's that's where they're at. And then, of course, there's the bigger reality, which is they touch search results all the time. As soon as they ban a website, that's touching the search results. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they ban somebody or they, they put in some kind of a, a penalty against them, um, then boom, that's that's sort of intervening in the search results, and then they come back and say, "Well, yeah, but it's other things." So, mm. <laughs> well, there's lots, a lot more to discuss about that. We're, we're getting close sure. to, uh, to to the end of this uh, this talk because uh, we're running out of time. Uh, so, Danny, I want to really thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us about, about this story, which uh, um, which has been a great one actually, and uh, I think the last word hasn't been said yet. So um, thank you for joining us, and uh, it was good to have you back on Webmaster Radio. Uh, Brasco was saying it's about a year or something. Um, what are you up to next? Is SMX West coming up or something else? Yeah, that happens in about a month. In about a month. So that's yep. what you're most most working on right now, probably. Uh, that's it exactly. Okay. <laughs> so month of San Jose, I think uh, March 8th through the 10th. Okay. Well, good luck with that, and uh, thanks again for joining us on this show. You're welcome. Take care. State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast. The essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. 
Learn about the newest updates and plugins, as well as exclusive interviews with WordPress experts that are sure to help you enhance your skill set. The WordPress Community Podcast. Now, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're listening to State of Search on webmasterradio.fm. Here are your hosts. So, we're back from uh, the, for the last part of the State of Search show. Uh, before the break, you could hear uh, me and Roy discuss uh, um, all what happened last week uh, about Bing and Google together with uh, Danny Sullivan. He uh, informed us about, uh, well, his vision on what he uh, uh, what he felt about how things went on and uh of course how how he how it all happened um so roy um your first reaction after uh talking to danny um i i personally like the fact that he's here of course uh he was here um but um what was your first what were your thoughts about danny's talk well i mean he, he put out a really balanced story for a lot of people and i guess um uh, being a journalist uh, of of his well, um, his, his, yeah, his caliber is something it, he he needs to have a balanced story. And I think a lot of bloggers, and in my opinion, Danny is is not only a blogger; he's really a journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can feel that in in the way he chose his words, um, and the way he he broke the story. He he really thought about uh, the things that could happen, and and. Well, also wanted to bring it, bring it out because it was a good story. So I, I really, I mean, he he did a good job on it, I guess. Yeah, uh, oh. I can't say any different about it. I totally agree on that. Uh, we we see some uh, some comments uh, around the web last week saying that um, he, he might have been acting like the PR machine for Google. But it's like I said during the interview. It's if I would get that story, I would run it. No, no matter what. I, of course, you check things, but um, I would definitely run it. Which, by the way, there was one thing he mentioned in the, uh, um, well, a couple of things actually, which were interesting, I thought. Um, and he started off with explaining how he got the story. And then he mentioned that Bing actually got the option to uh, respond to the accus- accusations which Google made before the article was published so that he could put it in the, in, in the article. And they didn't. They didn't want to. They wanted to wait until uh, Bing's event. Um, that kind of surprised me, actually. I would say that if I would be Bing, I would respond to that. They, 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 it's impossible for them to, to respond on it well, I guess. I mean, it, it doesn't matter for them. I'd rather see how much shit they have to clean up than, well, don't know what's going to happen and, and, and maybe even create more shit than, than was even possible. I mean, mm. you could spin a story in a whole lot of ways. And and why not? Um, why why respond? I mean, if if you look at any PR firm who does communications, they will always say, "Well, let's first see what happens and have have some um, well schemes ready or workflows ready for what happens if this happens or that happens of what what kind of stuff is going on and let's react on that based on these these and these formats." Yeah, true. Yeah. So I I, don't, I think it's just a fair. I mean, I think that the, the what you can can. Th- Learn from this is that Microsoft really has this PR done, has 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 good quality PR people, 
um, based on protecting their their brands when reacting on stuff. I mean, sure, it could have been better. It always could have been better. I mean, it, it's always if some something has happened um, yeah. afterwards, you can always do other things. But the problem is foreseeing it, and I think they did well by not reacting to it. Say saying we we want to go to react tomorrow afterwards. I mean, there is a big event going on. We want to talk to in person about how do you feel about it. I mean, touch, yeah. touch, touching the subject a bit a little bit more. Yeah, good point. I think it isn't that bad. No, no, it's a good point you're making there. I didn't think of it that way. Also, what they did right is that uh, one thing which was well, it wasn't remarkable, but was smart is that people who responded from being were the technical uh, uh, leaders, so to speak, but not the the big bosses. So they didn't get Ballmer in. They didn't get even get Stefan Weitz in, who's who's being no, the boss. I mean, what what happens if they got people like that in in? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. the executive, it only makes the problem bigger than it is. Yeah, I mean, exactly. just let a small engineer. Yeah, yeah, just let a small engineer handle it. I mean, they don't care about it that much. Uh, and let let the big guys do it on. Let the big guys do the heavy work on the back, and talk to the well, the journalists or the people who are blogging about, it and let them tell their side of the story. Yeah. It's it's gonna be fine. Do you think uh, Bing got hurt by this? Nah. Don't think. I mean, it, Bing isn't that big. I mean, it, it's still it's still good quality search engine. Actually, it improves their quality. Why not? And 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 so to say, Google does a lot of stuff with data mining as well. Google used. I mean, Google created blog search straight out of the hell of Technorati. <laughs> they copied so much stuff, and and they did so much stuff. And sure, if you say that, they're going to say, no, no, we didn't. We just figured it out ourselves probably did but I mean just using data I mean Matt Cutts is saying no no we warn you very clearly if you use a toolbar yeah whatever and and how big is the warning if you use Google DNS how big is the warning if you use Google Chrome how big is the warning if you use some of the Google App Store or any of the Android devices that will copy your complete stuff to the to the web sure there is a warning on the Android stuff but is it that big do people really understand what's going on there I mean I don't know it, it's just, I don't know. No, I, I totally agree on that, the final part. That was one of the things which which was the lousiest response from Google, I think. The, the yeah. mom test, which Danny called it. Like, my mom wouldn't understand that. It's like, look at the web. Everybody's got that that way. Try, yeah, try does, it. It fu- does it function if I turn it off? No, no. Let's turn it on. That's it. That's, yeah. the, that's the only thing that people are... Does it hurt if I turn this on or off? I mean... I've recently found out that I can browse my local host if I didn't just uncheck one little sign that says prefetch anything from through Google DNSs, and it, I never even noticed that it was there. Actually, I'm pretty sure it wasn't there the first time I used Google Chrome, but after one of those silent overnight updates, which <laughs> actually break a lot of times my, my extensions as well, thank you Google for that. <laughs> and I don't even know what's going on when I'm don't even when I don't even see an update going on. I mean, there's stuff in there that I haven't seen before. I mean, I couldn't browse my local host anymore because it said, "Well, sure, your local host cannot be found. You have to use the internet connection to route it through Google Server and get back to your local host." Um, sorry, Google, I wasn't aware of that. What are you <laughs> doing with that data? No, no, yeah. we're clear. We're not using that for anything at all. Mm-hmm. Just for page speed options. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. That that's the thing with the entire story. Actually, it's like pot and kettle, and um, people 
screaming to it. No, well, it's not screaming, it's, but, but saying about the other one, oh, you're doing things wrong. And pointing in the end, every, everybody's, everybody's doing the same thing. So you shouldn't be pointing fingers at, at, at stuff like this. I mean, it's, I, I agree if they use some very smart way to figure out what people are saying and what are grammar mistakes. I mean, it, it's cool if you have that intelligence. I mean, it's, if, it's, it's also wise to use that intelligence in some way um, beyond the Google guidelines of using Google, but that's something completely different. But that's, I think, one of the main reasons. It's not illegal to do automated queries on Google in any way. So I think they break at least break that guideline for using it. Mm. I mean, Google's best way to do this is just, well, actually... Well, well, no, no, let's no, 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 not go that way. But I mean, just ban out the, the Microsoft Office from using Google. Well, for instance, it's not that hard to do. <laughs> that's yeah, interesting. They're violating stuff, but that's not the way because they use the Internet Explorer. I know, I know, but yeah. <laughs> it's still, there is reasons for not doing that. It's just figuring out mining data, and you can tell me a whole lot of stuff. But if you see this grammar error and you see this is the result of it, and people go there, it's just path path analysis. It's not it's that like, hard to guess that it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, this is how Google-related searches work. If I look, I'm, I'm looking for mortgage and I'm looking for mortgage house, yeah. it's pretty pretty easy to figure out that these two are the same kind of terms, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. If somebody did the work for you, the next step in there is far more easy. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the way, well, the world works, actually. There. There's hardly anything new invented. It's all coming from inventions before that. So just look at what others are doing and how people are behaving and acting on that. And based on that, you make a new product. I, don't, I can't remember a really new product. Maybe Twitter, but... Groupon. Oh, no, that's, that's not new. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was way too sarcastic for me today. <laughs> no, I agree, but that's most of the time the, the most valuable business models are still old school models. I mean, this is the way. This is why newspapers. I mean, the whole demand of newspapers is still the, the, the it's it's different than it was before because the the information the 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 medium is changed a lot for people and they don't know how to monetize the medium on a right what the hell is going on in the chat room well, it's, it's promoting, promoting us yes <laughs> <laughs> now i mean the, the medium is changing and that makes it different but in general people still want the information by my, but because of user behavior change it's the the the, the, the valuation of the medium has started of the, or the old medium or the new medium has started so mm. i don't know most of the business models are actually most of the time the same, and there's nothing new. I mean, pay with tweets. Come on, it's nice <laughs> to look at it like that. But if I have to, if I go into my baker or, or butcher and I say I want to pay with tweets, how can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try that at the bakery, not at the butcher, so to say. I mean, he's, yeah, not gonna, I, he's not going to do that. No, it's it. No, that's not never. That's never going to work. Um, so. That kind of stuff. That's that's just trying to find ways to monetize. It's marketing, like this. and it's fine if you if you if you if you're able to see the way marketing brings you money, and you can relate, relate that back to money. It's fine, but a, a butcher can't. That's far far easier. That I mean, he's that's his job. He's butchering animals. That's fine. Mm. Mm. But by the way, speaking of, of, of newspaper stuff, did you happen to try the daily? Uh, 
newspaper well, because on the have a US account and, and Rupert doesn't want me in there because I'm a European guy, actually a Dutch guy, and yeah. I think it's a big middle finger up to me then. Yeah, well, there is a there is a workaround. You can actually log out sure. and then yeah, go workaround. to hack, hack it around. Screw screw you, Rupert. I don't I don't care. If you don't <laughs> want my money, I don't want your content and stick it in somewhere when the sun don't shine. I want yeah. your money, wife. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what's going to happen there because also with the changes that Apple's now making, that they are saying that they want to have thirty percent of each. Um, uh, what, what do you say, how do you call it? Uh, subscription. So, for example, I've got a newspaper which comes uh, to my house, and then I can also read it on the iPad if I want to. But uh, when I download it, I'll have to pay extra uh, because uh, Apple wants thirty percent, so they they're not offering the, the, the newspaper, which is actually pretty uh, interesting. But then again, do you do you think it's not a, do you think it's not fair for Apple to ask that? No, it is fair for Apple to ask that. It's a problem lies with the newspapers because the newspapers also uh, give away thirty percent to those who uh, distribute the, the actual newspaper. Yeah. Um, so drop that, and there's no problem. No, the thing, the problem it lies in the fact that I want both. I want the newspaper to come to my house, and I want it on the iPad. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're buying it on a new medium. It's the same news, so you have to pay a little bit extra. That's no problem, yeah. is it? No, no, that's not. So that's not, that's not a newspapers problem. are just screaming because they're pretty little baby. They thought they're gonna get rich off again. It's been taken away from them. That's it. That's the only reason they're screaming out loud. I mean, yeah, it's well, there's, there's there's a li little but to that. I, I I agree on most part, but there's a little but to that because uh, the thirty percent they have to pay for one subscription. They pay thirty percent to those who deliver the newspaper, so to speak. And they also have to pay 30% to Apple. So on one subscription, if I want both, then they'll have to pay 60% of their fee to, so, well, distributors. Yeah, but it's, it's, why not? This is what they do. They sell content, not distribution. And most of the newspapers actually sell distribution as well. Actually, this is the only thing they're good at, getting the newspaper in your your your, your mailbox. I mean, and, and they're not even that good at it, but that this is what they have. I mean, the distribution channel is what they have. They should really cherish that. But instead of that, they're rather... I mean, the way of distribution on the Internet is way cheaper. And now somebody comes along and asks you 30%. I mean, I can tell you a whole lot of crap, but most websites for newspapers aren't costing you 30% of their revenue in that part. Mm. No, true. No, it's it's only the the journalists who cost you that kind of money, and there's no problem that when journalists cost you that kind of money because their content will bring you that money, and if it if they don't, I mean, look at how Ehow is doing, and every journalist will shrink together now, but they're really making good money from this crap. Yep, true. And why and did and why why did newspapers jump into old business models? I mean, why did they? Take let let Craigslist take all that stuff. They could have thought of themselves because they thought, no, no, we have to protect it. We have to protect what we've got. And this whole idea of keeping what you have instead of opening up and, and showing people and helping people out with their problems, this is what Craigslist is, helping people out with their current problems. And that this counts for a lot of things. I mean, coupons were in newspapers first. Why didn't a newspaper thought of an idea to build up a, some kind of coupon, coupon kind of thing? No, the affiliates have to figure this out for them. And then they want to go and come in and buy it and, and fuck it completely up, as <laughs> good as they can do it. So I don't, I don't, I'm, not, 
I mean, I like newspapers and I like publishing, but the way the people are looking at it at, at, the, at the top of those organizations is really, really crappy. And there is a lot of possibilities in that corner, but you have to oh, yeah. be willing to take the risk and, and try to figure stuff out. And, and let's be honest, how much does a website cost? How much does it co- run, cost to run a blog? It's not, not that expensive. Much. It's no. really a lot more expensive to get that freaking paper pressed on a different size of format and whatever and bringing it to somebody I mean that's that's expensive stuff they don't yep. do that anymore as well you're totally right uh, Bresco's running uh, already the the, uh, the tunes so we're out of time so thank you Roy for uh, uh, that last uh, part which I completely agree on <laughs> so that's a good, good ending of the show it was a great show we, uh, thanks again for Danny Sullivan to join us on the show um, if you're listening to this in a podcast format you could also listen to us live which is every Tuesday 8pm Europe 7 UK uh, 2pm East Coast 11am West Coast if you are listening live uh, uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes uh, all the show notes will be up on Seda Search and we'll have a lot of great guests in the coming weeks I can tell you that because uh, for example Stefan White from Bing wants to get on the show so we'll uh, hear that side of the story too so uh, thank you again and see you all next week bye 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 bye